This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The mark of the beast is coming. Depending on where you are, it's already here. Of course, I'm referring to digital IDs, the dystopian technology that's being rolled out around the world. Over the last few months, there have been digital ID developments in almost every country, but you'd be hard-pressed to name any. It seems the media doesn't want the people to know what's happening. My name is Jessica, and today I'm going to explain what digital IDs are, bring you up to speed on their recent developments around the world, and tell you how you can protect yourself from this terrifying tech. As with a physical ID, a digital ID allows you to prove that you are who you claim to be. And as with a physical ID, a digital ID is created by providing biometric information of some kind. It can be your fingerprints or a photo of your face. And of course, physical and digital IDs are issued and managed by governments. But the devil is truly in the details. The biggest difference between physical and digital IDs is that physical IDs are difficult to confiscate or change. The government would literally have to take it from you. With a digital ID, however, the government could just change your details on the system without your consent. Another difference between physical and digital IDs is that you have different types of physical IDs, passports, driver licenses, health cards, etc. This segregation of information protects your privacy and gives you more control over your identity. With a digital ID, however, all these IDs are rolled into one. In other words, you could say that physical IDs are decentralized, where digital IDs are centralized. This is terrifying when you consider the fact that many governments have been actively working to connect digital IDs to all sorts of public and private services, including your ability to access social media. This begs the question of where this digital ID push is coming from. If you watched our viral video about digital IDs, you'll know that it's ultimately coming from the United Nations, specifically its Sustainable Development Goals or SDGs. The SDGs mandate in digital IDs in every country by 2030, among other things. If you watched our video about how the UN works, you'll know that it's been using a network of public and private institutions to ensure that SDGs are met in every country. These include the likes of the World Economic Forum, or WEF, whose most controversial ideas fundamentally have their roots in SDGs. When it comes to digital IDs, however, the three entities that have been the most involved are the United Nations Development Programme, or UNDP, the World Bank, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. These three entities have been working to roll out digital IDs in every country around the world. That's not a conspiracy theory, by the way. The president of the World Bank has explicitly mentioned the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation as being one of the key players in digital ID development. Their initiatives appear to be guided by the UNDP Digital Strategy, which was first revealed back in 2019, the same year that the WEF partnered with the UN to push its SDGs. 
In 2022, the UNDP released a report titled Digital Strategy 2022 to 2025, which contained a roadmap for the digital ID rollout. As the title suggests, the digital strategy seeks to have digital IDs in every country by 2025. Believe it or not, it looks like most countries are on track to roll out their digital IDs by this deadline. The result could be a digital dystopia from which there is no escape, where pandemic-type restrictions are the norm. Let's see how much progress has been made, shall we? And by the way, if you're enjoying the video so far, be sure to smash that like button to give it a boost. Now I'll start by saying that almost all the digital ID development updates I'm about to review come from a single website titled Biometric Update. It's a surprisingly objective resource for digital ID-related developments, and we suggest you check it regularly to stay up to date. The link is in the description. We interrupt this program for an emergency crypto weather forecast. Get ready for a whirlwind of savings. We're seeing some high pressure sign up bonus systems forming in the Northeast, with some exchanges offering up to $40,000. In the South, we'll be seeing some heavy discounts on hardware wallets. So watch out for those if you're gonna be out and about. And then in central areas, there's a high chance of trading fee discounts, which should be settling in later on. So be on the lookout for up to 60% off there. Lush! For a more comprehensive forecast, just visit coinbureau.com deals or use the link down in the description. These deals are red hot, so make sure to take all the necessary precautions. Well, that's all for today's forecast. Now back to the scheduled program. That being said, I want to start with my home country of the UK. In June 2023, Scottish authorities announced that they would make improvements to their digital ID, which began its pilot phase in February 2023. Now, it's not entirely clear when this will be officially rolled out, but likely sometime in 2024. The UK government also passed the Online Safety Bill. If you watched our video about the online censorship laws being introduced around the world, you'll know that this deceptively titled bill was one of them. This relates to digital ID because the bill mandates protecting children from illicit content online. The practical effect of this is that social media platforms could soon begin enforcing KYC for users based in the UK to verify the fact that they're not children. That's because the fines for exposing children to illicit content online are massive and there's no other way of ensuring content isn't exposed to kids. Speaking of online censorship, the EU's equally deceptively titled Digital Service Act came into effect last summer. Naturally, the act includes provisions which could require KYC on social media for users based in the EU in the name of protecting children. It also creates ministries of truth in each country. Also, not a conspiracy theory, Every country will have a digital service coordinator, an entity which will effectively curate content online, including manipulating algorithms during times of crisis. The fact that Twitter, AKX, has been resistant to this intervention is probably why it's being pursued under the DSA. Thank God for decentralized social media. More about that in the description. Anyways, when it comes to actual digital ID developments in Europe, there have been no shortage of them. Unsurprisingly, the most terrifying of these updates have come from Russia. Most of these have been related to facial recognition, which you can think of as being involuntary forms of digital ID. 
In June of 2023, Cyberbank, Russia's largest bank, was reportedly in the process of securing a de facto monopoly over facial biometrics in the country. In August 2023, the Russian government banned all foreign forms of online ID verifications. In November 2023, it expanded its facial recognition capacity. It's not just Russia either. In November 2023, Irish police announced they would begin using facial recognition following mass riots across the country. Just one month later, the Irish government tabled a draft bill that would allow them to do this. Now, it's possible this bill has already come into effect by the time that you see this video. It goes without saying that using facial recognition to suppress protests and social unrest is not how you address its root cause. Even the UN's human rights chief said that this would bring, and I quote, an acceptable risk. When even the UN is sounding the alarm about this digital ID dystopia, you know it's bad. And it really just scratches the surface of what's been going on in Europe. Seeing as I've brought up the UN, you should know that it was given the ownership of the EU's pandemic passports in July, presumably to be used as a template for digital IDs around the world. As the saying goes, never let a good crisis go to waste. Around that time, Dutch politicians spoke out in support, yes, in support of facial recognition at football games. A couple of weeks later, they started working on a digital ID law. The Czech Republic also announced that it would launch its national digital ID in January 2024. On that note, one of the team members at Coin Bureau is based in the Czech Republic, and he told us about just how rapidly the country is rushing towards technocracy. For example, all freelancers and businesses must now use a digital portal to communicate with the government. No more physical letters. It would be crazy if the government sent you a message, deleted it, and then fined you for not responding, wouldn't it? Funnily enough, the digital portal automatically deletes messages after 90 days. The only thing that's scarier than this is the EU's digital ID wallet, which was officially approved in November 2023. In case you haven't noticed, the EU's digital ID includes a built-in wallet, which will presumably be used for the upcoming digital euro, which is set to launch sometime in 2025 or 2026. Not only that, but the EU is now in the process of putting together the legal framework required to issue a digital driver's license in the EU's digital ID wallet. The EU would never use this centralized power to say, restrict the movement in the name of the environment or a crisis, would they? Speculation aside, the EU's digital ID wallet is currently undergoing pilots in Luxembourg and Estonia. If all goes according to plan, every European will have their digital ID wallet in time for the next financial crisis. This is all despite the fact that nobody in the EU wants a digital ID, especially the Belgians, apparently. It just goes to show what it's really all about, government control. Anywho, across the pond in the United States, there have been equally concerning digital ID developments. In June 2023, the Transportation and Securities Administration, aka the TSA, announced that it would begin accepting digital IDs in the Google Wallet, foreshadowing digital IDs for travel. In September of 2023, the city of Atlanta took a page from the Dutch politician playbook by introducing a robot dog with facial recognition to one of the city's stadiums. 
The fact that another company with facial recognition robot dogs will deploy to casinos in California tells you everything you need to know. At the state level, meanwhile, California is reportedly conducting a digital ID pilot. For context, 14 states have some form of digital ID, including Louisiana, Missouri, and Mississippi. Some states, such as Georgia, are offering digital driver licenses as well. Now, it's odd that California doesn't have any yet, despite it being a tech hub. Anyway, elsewhere at a federal level, the US government's login.gov website will reportedly support facial recognition as one of its login operations. And late last year, the Department of Homeland Security announced that it was working on a digital ID technology that it would issue to immigrants. Now, what's strange is that there haven't been that many digital ID developments south of the Rio Grande. In September 2023, Brazil and Argentina pressed ahead with their plans for blockchain-based digital IDs. Make no mistake, this is not the kind of blockchain that makes you free. It's quite the opposite, in fact. In nearby Colombia, meanwhile, the government released an updated version of its digital ID wallet, while the UNDP praised Guatemala's attempt to push digital IDs, despite, and I quote, cultural hurdles. You'll recall that the UNDP is the primary entity behind the digital ID push, particularly in developing countries. Over in Oceania, Australia has continued to roll out its digital ID, despite an estimated $2.4 billion in losses, $2 billion of which came from scams. Australian academics have simultaneously been petitioning the government not to ban Chinese cameras. Makes you think. On a completely unrelated note, retail chains in New Zealand are turning to facial recognition to fight crime. Meanwhile, special interest groups continue to push the New Zealand government to introduce a national digital ID. You can probably guess who's been funding these groups. But back to China. What's bizarre is that there haven't been that many digital ID updates out of the mainland. This might have something to do with the country's strict media controls. Whatever the case, we did find one update, and that's that China is starting to use special SIM cards as de facto digital IDs. Chinese friends of the Coin Bureau have also informed us that it's becoming common to pay with your face in many cities such as Beijing. This further underscores the possibility that governments could simply impose digital ID via facial recognition if people refuse to download the digital apps. Regarding Asia in general, most of the digital ID updates appear to be coming out of Japan, which has experienced an Australian-style rollout. There have reportedly been lots of technical issues, and the public is apparently starting to lose trust in the technology as a result. And that's a big deal given Japan's high-trust society. Not surprisingly, this social skepticism hasn't stopped the Japanese government from pushing ahead with replacing health insurance cards with digital IDs. ATMs at 7-Eleven stores in Japan have also reportedly enabled facial recognition for cardless transactions. What could possibly go wrong? Another Asian country that's had lots of digital ID developments is India, where facial recognition is being used for voting and digital IDs is being used for universal basic income or UBI. For reference, many digital IDs and CBDCs reports 
have mentioned stimulus payments as a means of driving adoption. Lo and behold, the UNDP has reportedly been working closely with India to ensure that its digital ID-related SDGs are met. Now, it is possible that the SDGs are the origin of the country's initiative to use facial recognition as a means of ensuring that someone isn't using a SIM card that doesn't belong to them. And while we're on the topic of unelected and unaccountable international organizations, the World Bank has reportedly been helping the Philippines to create a, and I quote, digital ID super app. This will include every single ID credential and more, ensuring total control. For what it's worth, Filipinos have reportedly found a way of tricking the government's digital ID system into accepting scans of their dogs' faces, making it possible for them to get a SIM card without a digital ID. For those unfamiliar, connecting SIMs to digital ID is another method being used to force adoption. Around the corner in Africa, meanwhile, there have been so many digital ID developments that we could dedicate a whole video to them. As a matter of fact, we did a whole video about what's been going on with digital IDs and CBDCs in Nigeria not too long ago. It's worth a watch. We'll leave a link in the description. If you watch that video, you'll know that the Nigerian Central Bank is trying to create a requirement for people to connect their social media to their bank account as part of the KYC process. It seems the Central Bank of Ethiopia is trying to raise the bar. It made digital ID mandatory for banking last year. Ethiopia is also in the process of rolling out digital IDs for children, courtesy of the UN, and apparently even wants to phase out its physical passports and introduce digital ones instead. It's possible that this was one of the conditions attached to the $350 million of funding it received from the World Bank. If you thought that was excessive, though, Take a second to consider that the government of Ghana started issuing digital IDs to newborns last summer. You should know that this is not unique to Ghana. We came across many instances of governments pushing digital IDs on vulnerable groups, be they infants or refugees. Of all of the African countries, however, Kenya has been by far the most active in its digital ID aspirations. It signed a digital ID deal with the UNDP, took money with strings attached from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundations, banned Worldcoin, and then announced its own iris-based digital ID plans. To ensure adoption, Kenya will require digital ID for taxes, which is a disaster waiting to happen. From what we were able to gather, Kenya's digital infrastructure has been plagued by cyber attacks, technical issues, and apparent fraud, though most of this has been related to Kenya's existing ID infrastructure. All of these developments give you a sense of what we have to look forward to in our home countries, namely those cyber attacks. Some of you will know that the WEF has been predicting those for years. You can learn more about the WEF's cyber attack practices, I mean simulations, in the description. This brings us to the big question, and that's how you can protect yourself from this terrifying tech. For starters, you can call on your elected officials to ensure that they have the right to use physical IDs and is enshrined in law. This is what's being done in many countries to combat the ongoing CBDC rollout. In this case, you need to ensure that the right use of physical ID 
includes the right to keep all of the physical ID types segregated, health cards, driver licenses, and so on. You can bet that the government would try and find any way it can to find loopholes in any laws that are meant to protect your autonomy. Next, you should start to plan for the possibility that physical IDs will be phased out and you'll be forced to keep a digital ID. By now you'll know that governments seem intent on connecting your digital ID to everything that you do. Logically, that means you have to start to be careful about what you do and say. Then, you should try and think if there are any ways you can legally circumvent the restrictions that will be imposed by the digital ID. For instance, it seems likely there'll be some process in place for people to delegate the use of their digital ID to a third party, say in the case of disability or death. If it's possible to give this kind of power of attorney with your digital ID, then it means it's possible to create an elaborate system of digital ID delegation, something that's analogous to a crypto mixer. This could be used to limit how much data the government is able to collect about your real-world activities. This ties into another avenue of avoidance, and that's to look into alternative digital ID technologies, specifically decentralized digital IDs. To be clear, any digital ID that refers to an ID issued by a government is not decentralized. Just like a centralized stablecoin, the issuer still has some degree of control. Instead, you need to look into truly decentralized digital IDs, means of proving you are who you claim to be without the government's permission or verification. There are a lot of IDs like these in crypto, ranging from proof of humanity to the soulbound NFTs proposed by Ethereum creator Vitalik Buterin. From our perspective, this last approach is the most effective. That's because as governments start to force their population to adopt digital IDs, many of them will instinctively start to look for alternatives. If crypto or a similar technology can provide this alternative, then individual freedom can be maintained. The same is true for CBDCs and cryptocurrencies. Just like CBDCs, digital IDs are inevitable. All we can do is create alternative systems and hope they're ready for mass adoption by the time they become necessary. We also need to ensure these alternatives stay decentralized or else they could end up being even worse. Okay, that's all for today's video. If you found it informative, smash that like button to let us know. If you want to stay informed, subscribe to the channel and ping that notification bell. If you want to help inform others, take a second to share this video with them. And if you happen to be into crypto, then you need to check out the Coin Bureau Deals page. It's got trading fee discounts of up to 60% and sign up bonuses of up to $40,000 on some of the best crypto exchanges, as well as the biggest discounts on the best hardware wallets, available for a limited time. So take advantage of these deals before it's too late using the link in the description. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you in the next one.